Good morning. It is Monday, July 20th. Uh, welcome to the Let's Talk segment. Uh, we're excited today. Uh, one, for that it's simply Monday. Um, thankful for that in, in one sense. Uh, if nothing more, I think we have a lot to be thankful for. Uh, just the fact that God in his unique providence and grace and mercy over us would allow each one of us to make it to today. Um, you know, we don't want to ever take that for granted um, as if life is expected um, to see another day. And I think if I may, uh, would start with a confession, I am often in my life guilty of that and um, to assume or to presume that I would see the next day or that live in a way that it's almost expected but I don't I don't uh, want that to be I want to acknowledge each day as a uh, gift um, from God and, and that uh, to see today is nothing uh, nothing like and so we are thankful for that um, again trust that you and your family are doing well uh, that you had a great weekend um, today we are going to take a different approach um, we're going to really uh, jumping back in on a, a subject that we nibbled and dabbled at um, for a couple weeks now. And um, we're going to talk about um, today's segment. We're not going to really touch uh, the topic of race relations today. Um, so not that we're negating this uh, conversation, dismissing it or, or calling ourselves done with it. Uh, we would encourage you in your own families, own circles, own uh, workforces and uh, work domain, excuse me, um, to continue this dialogue. It's a needed dialogue, but today we're just going to switch gears, if you will, and, and just talk about um, something a little different today. And um, we'll, we'll come back to race relations um, later this week. And so uh, just bear with us and, uh, you know, just a different approach. And so, you know, we're going to talk about different topics. And so one aim I want our listeners to understand is we're not just going to center around one conversation. Um, we don't want to be guilty of just picking and choosing certain narratives to discuss. Um, you know, we want to touch as many topics as we can, um, you know, through the lens of a biblical view. And so we don't want to call being biased or, you know, um, I think there's sometimes as communicators, people are speakers, uh, people can get guilty of you know, having their, what I just call their hot topics, right? Those topics, they don't mind addressing, they're passionate about it. It means something to them, right? There's proximities to it, something like that. And where they don't mind touching those subjects. More than those other subjects, it's like they wouldn't touch with a temple pole, you know? And I think we all are somewhat, in some degree, guilty to that. And, and, and I want to be careful to find ourselves in that place. Um, not that we're going to be able to touch every subject as we want to, when we want to, but you know, as we study and do our research and, and, and stuff and pray about things, we want to key in on, um, you know, uh, as many topics as we can, you know. And so if you have ideas of topics, please email us, um, you know, conversations that we should have, email us and, and we'll definitely, you know, put them on our calendar. We try to, like I said, we got a lot of stuff to talk about in the, in the upcoming future. So we're excited for that. Um, and we'll have even some special guests um, coming on, um, you know, in the near future that we're also looking forward to. So today, um, we want to talk about uh, COVID-19, and we 
we want to kind of continue this dialogue about we've addressed it in the past a few times, but not really uh, is in detail. So one, we want to never take this kind of medical expert position on anything. We don't know what we don't know. And so if anything, we come to this table as students with more questions uh, and less answers, if you will. Um, so please never take us to have it all. You know, any uh, information, viable information we do share, it's probably because it's been shared with us. Um, so let me just say that out the, for, uh, for, uh, out the forefront. Um, and so in discussing today's, uh, you know, topic around COVID-19, I want to talk about it from this idea of a, if I, if I may tag this uh, conversation, I would say, uh, call it a theology of suffering. And even that, that word and that phrasing uh, carries a lot of weight. And, and so I, I want to say out the gate that I believe, I've come to believe that suffering is a, I mean, that COVID-19 is a type of suffering. I don't think I'm wrong in saying that. Um, but I want to, but I want to create this, or I want to kind of discuss this idea of a type of uh, theology of suffering, because I think we have to understand suffering um, through a right lens. Um, and so, if, if you hear me saying, you know, just the idea of saying a right lens, I think there is a wrong lens to understand suffering through. And um, you know, so I want to be careful there. So we want to create this. Uh, I want to create this right theology of, of suffering and and then how do how does COVID-19 fit into that and, and where we find ourselves today as a as a people um, as a, because I mean, we understand COVID-19 is is not a uh, solely American problem COVID-19 is a world problem um, and that we're all suffering from it um, and in one way shape or form some of us are uh, doing better than other and Praise God for that, and we hope we continue to do well. And then there's many that have suffered and battled through this. Uh, many lives have been cut short through this, and so we definitely mourn with those families who mourn, and uh, our hearts, uh, you know, ex are extended to you um, during this time. And so I know this is going to be a hard topic. I know it's going to raise a lot of questions, um, you know, and and I know there's this idea, and I know I know I feel it in my own heart is. We just want to get past this, right? We're tired of it, you know. I, I know a lot of people. They're just like, don't say that word again, you know. It's uh, it's like, man, that, you know, you say COVID nineteen coronavirus, and people are, it's almost offensive in one way. Um, and 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 I guess there's some, there's some right in that, I guess, in one sense, if you will. Um, but but I but but it's it's this push to say, man, we're tired of this. Like it's like, man, when is this? It's 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 like an ongoing beatdown. It's like, when is it gonna let up? You know, and, and I, I'm tired of it. I know people around me are tired of it that I talk to, that I walk with, and um, just everybody, even even the people on the precaution side of things or high precaution side of things, everybody's tired of this. I know our medical, uh, people in the medical field, at first I just want to extend a, 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 a heartfelt thank you for just your endless dedication and service to, to many during these trying times um, you know I so with that being said I just want to out the gate implore and just encourage you know please wear your mask um, let's wear all wear a mask let's all take time to practice this social distancing you know sanitizing cleaning our hands as we can um, let's make this just a little bit if we can a little bit easier for the many who, who put their lives on the line to, to combat this 
this uh, issue that we're all, like I said, we're all affected by it. I know uh, many, I know, I don't know the front lines that I talk to and probably on a weekly basis that are, you know, um, it's, it's sad that it, 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 it hurts my heart to hear them have to ask people to, to put on, you know, a mask after they go in every day. You know, many of them have taken time away from their own families to combat this issue. Um, you know, so we don't know the dedication and the hard, hard labor that's put into to really trying to combat this. And, and to think that many of us would not wear masks because we, in one sense, we have a president. Um, now many even governors um, who... who you know, does not push it to this end. You know, I don't, I don't understand it. It's, it's a bit um, concerning, if you will. It's probably the best word I can use uh, to think that, you know, it would, that we find ourselves in a space like this that you got to actually ask someone to wear a mask. I understand, you know, in some of our cities where they're more open and, you know, we're, we're doing life as somewhat a new norm um, that you feel like, well, nobody's wearing masks or it's too hot to wear them. I get all that. I get the, I got asthma. I get, I can't, I get that. But at the end of the day, I, I just encourage people, if you don't do it for yourself, please just consider other people. You don't know the symptoms people are dealing with. You don't know their health condition. You know nothing about their medical background. And so if, if, if nothing else, that, that alone kind of encouraged me, okay, saying, you know what, I don't know what this person walking down the street next to me is dealing with, right? I don't know what that my coworker is dealing with. And so out of respect for a fellow man, right, I just I just think we ought to wear our masks. I don't think it's a it's not a daunting task um, to, to do. And so um, I'll just say that. So let's jump into this. Um, Theology of suffering uh, amid the coronavirus, um, and so I'm this idea of theology of suffering. I'm reading. I've been reading their book. It's actually about my third time now reading through this book, and I found it very helpful during this season uh, that we find ourselves in. Uh, you know, because I think there's a lot of stress, anxiety, depression, uh, a lot of just mental health implications that arise during this issue. And and so let me let me just say this we really dive into this if you need to seek therapy uh, counseling whatever you want to call it um, do so it is I would say it is of high importance to seek someone to talk to during these times um, and know this does not mean you're crazy does not mean you're you're weird or you got problems and in one sense I want to say we all have problems um, in one sense but that's another conversation um, but if you need help, if you need someone to talk to, reach out, you know, to somebody um, and try to get help. Don't try to battle this on your own and try to. This thing is a stress. This thing is is, is knocking people out, you know, and, and once it's in a very physical sense, but I'm just on a stress level sense. It is it is doing a, a great injustice to people's mental health condition. And um, and, and we so so two things there we want to check in with people you know our loved ones and our friends but we also want to encourage and, and say seek help seek seek therapy seek counseling you know 
Um, all this stuff is right and good. It doesn't mean, you know, I just, another friend of mine the other day we were talking and I just heard her, she was like, you know, I'm going through counseling. She's like, I know that makes sense. I was like, no, no, please don't apologize for that. Don't, you're not weird because you're, you go to counseling. It doesn't mean you know, no, we all need it. I need it. I go to counseling, right? You know, I have people I check in with because it's needed. And, and so don't, I'm, 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 I guess I'm saying this, don't lone ranger this thing by yourself. I got it. I'm going to figure it out. We need each other during this time, right? And so, yes, we have to practice our social distancing and stuff like that, our isolation. But within that, there's still ways we can still connect in with people. And so I would say I would push and encourage towards that end. It's a lot of work in one sense, but, you know, it's worth it, um, you know. And so checking on people you haven't heard of from a long time, you know, person that comes to your mind like, man, I haven't seen that, I haven't heard from that person in a while. Pick up a phone, send a text message, you know, FaceTime, Zoom call, whatever you got to do, you know, check in on these people. Don't don't let uh, people go uh, alone through this if you can. And so Theology of Suffering. So I'm, I'm reading this book. Um, it's by Tim Keller, Timothy Keller. He's um, he is the uh, lead pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City. Uh, him and his wife, Kathy. Uh, he wrote this book in about, two, uh, I think it was 2013. Um, this book has been, I would argue, one of the most profound resources I've read around this idea of just understanding suffering, um, not just from a, a biblical view, but even from a very secular view and just, are having, just trying to frame a right understanding around this idea of suffering. And so I, I like it because it's, it's very reachable to many people um and in different walks of life and so i would encourage it it's it's not a just a quick read through um it's not a long lengthy book but it's also i think it's one of those deep kind of meditational books you got to kind of chew on it as you read it it's not meant to be just kind of oh let me just read through this tonight but it's one of those things you just kind of walk through and just kind of take time to just read a piece and meditate on it and reflect and i think you know consider uh where you can make application in your life and so um in this book though he he discusses um and i'm going to jump in here really quick he discusses suffering uh a few a few different types of suffering but it kind of breaks suffering now so i'm going to jump in and really just kind of follow uh in his line of thought just with this idea of what suffering is and how we should understand it and then i want to kind of talk to it in a way that we can apply this understanding to how we face and combat uh, COVID-19. And so, and just hopefully this will be some encouragement to you. So um, he, he breaks down suffering in about uh, 12 different uh, ways. Or, and so I want to read through some of them um, and, and then we can kind of just kind of have a conversation around them as we go through them, uh, says, and I'm just going to jump in here. This is kind of the end of the book. So he's just kind of re-paraphrasing what we, uh, what we've read through the book. He says, uh, he says, first, we must recognize the varieties of suffering. Some trials largely, are, some trials are largely brought on by wrong behavior. Some are largely due to betrayals and attacks by others. Uh, there are more universal forms of loss that occur to all, regardless of how they live, such as death of a loved one, Ill, illness, financial reversals, or imminent death. 
A final kind of suffering can be called a horrendous death, such as a mass shooting in elementary schools, or of course, many actual cases of suffering combine several of these types. Each kind of suffering uh, brings different kinds of feelings. The first brings guilt and shame, the second, anger and resentment, the third, grief and fear, the fourth, confusion and perhaps anger at God. While these forms of suffering share uh, common themes uh, and they are addressed in common ways, each are also requires its own specific responses. Uh, so second, we must recognize the distinction and temperament uh, between yourself and uh, other sufferers. You must be careful not to think that the way God has helped some other some other suffer through the fire will be exactly the way he will help lead you. Simon Wells outlines the experience of affliction as a consistent uh, consisting of isolation, self-absorption, uh, condemnation, anger, and uh, complicity with pain. A quick look at this reveals that these factors will be strong, be stronger or weaker depending on a person's emotional temperament and spiritual maturity, and also depending on the causes behind adversity. Uh, make adjustments. Third, there is weeping. It is crucial to be on, uh, it is crucial to be brutally honest with yourself about your pain and sorrow. Do not deny. Do not deny or try too much to control your feelings in the name of being faithful. Read the Psalms of Lament. Read the Psalms of Lament or Job. God is very patient with us when we are desperate. Pour out your soul to him. Fourth, there is trusting. Despite the invitation to pour out your hearts to God with emotional reality, we are summoned to trust God's wisdom since he is sovereign and also to love since he is since he has been through what we've been through, what you've been through. Despite your grief, you must eventually come to say as Jesus did after after first honestly entreating, let this cup pass from me, thy will be done. Russell until you can say that. Fifth, we must be praying. Though Job did a lot of complaining and and cursed the day and even cursed the day he was born, he did it all in prayer. It was God that he complained to. It was before God that he struggled. In suffering, you must read your Bible and pray and worship even though even though it's a dry or pain, even though it may be dry or painful. Simon Will said, if you can't love God, you must want to love God or at least ask him to help you love him. I think that's really important. Six, we must, we must be disciplined in our thinking. This is key. You must meditate on the truth and gain perspective that comes from remembering all God has done for you and is going to do for you. I want to read that again. It says, we must be disciplined in our thinking. You must meditate on the truth and gain perspective that comes from remembering all God has done for you and is going to do. You should also do self-communion. This is both listening to your heart and, and reasoning and talking to your heart. It means saying, why, why are you cast down, O oh my soul? 
forget not his benefits, his salvation. This is not forcing yourself to feel a certain way, but rather directing your thoughts until your heart sooner or later is engaged. Much of the thinking and self-communing um, communing that we must do has to do with the Christian hope. Heaven and the resurrection uh, and the future perfect world are particularly important to meditate on if you are dealing with death, uh, your own or someone else's, but it's crucial in all suffering. Seventh, we should, excuse me, seventh, we should be willing, uh, we should be willing to do self-examining. The, uh, biblical, the biblical image of suffering as a gymnasium suggests this. We must exercise, we must, uh, yeah, we must exercise um, self-care, uh, excuse me, we must exercise care here. This does not mean we should always be thinking uh, within ourselves for the cause of our suffering. Job's friends tried to do that. Job's suffering did not occur because did not occur because God was trying to correct him for something. Nevertheless, uh, Job grew in his grace and maturity. And every time, uh, excuse me, uh, and every time, and every, yeah, and every time type of adversity is an opportunity to look at ourselves and ask, how do I need to grow? What weakness is this time of trouble revealing? Eighth, we must uh, we must be about reordering our loves. I like this one. It says we must be about reordering our loves. Suffering reveals that there are things we love too much or, or we love God too little in proportion to them. Our suffering is often, is often aggravated and doubled because we've turned good things into ultimate things. I'll read that one more time. It says our suffering is often aggravated or doubled because we often turn good things into ultimate things. Suffering would only make you better rather than worse if, during it, we teach ourselves to love God better than before. This happens by, reckon by, by recognizing God's suffering for us in Jesus Christ and by praying, thinking, and trusting that, and trusting that love into our souls. Ninth, we should not shrink community. Shirt, yeah, shrink community. Excuse me. Simon Well speaks about how isolating, uh, how isolating uh, suffering can be. But the early Christians' communities were famously good uh, places for persons in suffering. Christians did well, he says. Uh, Christians, uh, excuse me, died well. Um, in the early churches, uh, authors claim not because they were rugged individuals, but because the church was a place of un unparalleled sympathy and support. Gospel doctrine should make it impossible to grow miserable comforters. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to read that one more time. It says, gospel doctrine should make it impossible to grow many miserable, miserable comforters. Like Joe's moralistic friends, and the Christian gospel accounts and assigns for meaning to the experience of suffering as secular as secular society cannot. Find a Christian church where the sufferers where the sufferers are loved and supported. Tenth, some forms of suffering, particularly the first 
First uh, two among the uh, types listed above require receiving grace and forgiveness from God and giving grace and forgiveness to others. When, a, uh, when adversity reveals moral failures or sinful characters, character faults, it means we will have to learn how to repent, seek reconciliation with God and with others. Again, seek reconciliation with God and with others. When our suffering is caused by betrayal, by betrayal or injustice, Injustice it is crucial to learn forgiveness. We must forgive the wrongdoers uh, from the heart, laying aside the uh, vengefulness if we will ever be able to pursue justice effectively. Doing all these, doing all these things, as George Herbert's right, will first bring you, uh, will first bring your joys to weep, but then your griefs to sin. Amen. I think that was a great uh, excerpt, if you will, um, to just a, a way to just as just a brief. I mean, I, I mean, that that just I think just really scratched the surface. But if you, you break down the implications of, of a lot of what I just read um, out of Tim Keller's book, um, it, I think it is a great resource to to uh, to obtain. I'm possessed in this moment as we face COVID-19. Um, and so let me say this out the gate because I don't want someone to hear this and think that the idea of COVID-19 being a type of suffering um, is a punishment from God to man or that one or that those who, uh, who have the symptoms of COVID-19 um, are, are somewhat you know, uh, have sin in our life or they did something bad. And so this is God's response, right? I don't, I don't want to, I don't paint that narrative at all. So if you're hearing me say that, or if you're understanding me to say that, please, that's not what we're saying at all. That's not what I'm trying to articulate at all. Rather on the opposite end of that, I am, I do want us to understand suffering as, I mean, COVID-19 as a type of suffering. Um, and I think it's, it's in, understanding as a type of suffering, I think we can then then apply a right solution to this and how we move forward from here. Um, and so part of the aim is, yes, we want to find a direction to go from here um, as we face, uh, you know, um, suffering. So when you think about, when you think about When you think about Job, particularly in the Bible, and the way he suffered, I, what, what what stands out to me is a lot stands out to me in this narrative. But but some of the things that stand out to me in this narrative is the idea or the way his friends understood his suffering. And it's 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 in times like this that we we can look on. I I, I want to just put my cards on the table. I remember. You know, when this thing first broke out um, and, you know, the coronavirus first broke out and everybody, a lot of us um, went in a panic mode. Just And I'm, I'm a super, very just cautious guy by, you know, uh, by design in one, in one sense. And so when this, I just went into super, you know, precaution mode, take every extreme measure. You know, I didn't want to be around people. I just was like, let me, let me get back. Let me watch and everything I do. I mean, you know, I took, I took the high extremes. And I remember it took a friend of mine that I was, um, actually we were, you know, uh, doing Bible study together during the season. And, um, 
you know, we were talking and praying about, you know, just the coronavirus, that, that God would protect us, God would, you know, heal um, the many who were getting affected by it and just just trying to really think through it right without getting overwhelmed and over anxious, uh, right, anxiety taking over. And long story short, my friend um, that I'm studying the Bible, walking with, praying with, right, kind of doing life with it in the season, comes down with the coronavirus. I remember he came to me, it was one morning, he came to me, we were, we were about to, uh, you know, study together and he comes to me it's like Sean um, says uh said man I'm thinking I'm losing my smell you know he said yeah he said I'm lost my smell lost taste you know he's like I'm just feeling he's like I don't know what it is he's like I don't I don't notice coronavirus whatever and I'm just like I don't I don't really and and I'll be honest when he told me that like red flags went up all around me I'm like oh back up like you know I I, I kind of if, if I can just be honest here I, I kind of freaked out and I didn't know what to do and I, you know, I immediately encouraged him. I said, man, you need to go get checked out. You need to get tested. Like, don't play with this thing. He was like, you know, and he kind of took this really approach. He's like, man, you know what? Despite what it is, God's got me. He's like, you know, I just want you to pray with me, you know. So sure, we prayed about it, right? Um, in distance and practice social distance and stuff like that. So we, we, we still follow extreme measure. What, what concerned me was he was a brother, a friend of mine that I had to encourage to wear his mask. He was not one that really care to wear the mask. Uh, this was the beginning, right? So this is when this thing first really broke out. And, um, and so I was like, man, you should wear your mask. And he was like, you know, I don't really understand a big deal about those masks. I was like, listen, you know, like I've always been saying, it's like, if not for yourself, do it for other people. I was like, you all, you know, you say you're coming down with some type of symptoms that could easily be the coronavirus. And it's like, well, I looked online and that's not the correct symptoms. And my symptoms are not the symptoms. I was like, that's the thing. I was like, it's been cases symptoms are all over the place. I said, just because, you know, I said, they're not the specific symptoms you see online on the CDC website doesn't mean they can't be symptoms, you know. So, uh, you know, he finally went and got tested and, and it came back that he, he had the coronavirus. And I was hoping that he didn't and that it was just, you know, some type of, you know, just kind of seasonal, you know, uh, flu or whatever, something he was going through, and it was, wasn't the coronavirus, and he came down with it, and not only that, another guy we were studying with it, so, you know, naturally, I'm thinking, okay, I'm really, like, one of the only ones, me and another guy in a group, I'm like, we're the only two in a group that really hasn't come down with this thing, you know, and I'm like, thank God for that, but in one sense, I'm like, I'm freaking out, so I'm like, man, I've been, you know, these guys have been next to me, they've been sitting with me, you know, we've been in close contact, and I was like, man, I need to get myself checked, and you know, and, and long story short, you know, I got checked and was was fine, uh, thankfully, and um, so was the other guy in the group. And so, but just, you know, the two other guys came down with it. And I remember, you know, and I, and I feel bad to say this, but I just have to be honest. I remember I, I said, you know, I was like, man, I should have never went around him. He should have, you know, um, he should have did what I told him to do, wear the mask. And I, I just said some things just out of ignorance, if you will, um, and, and, and a bit of pride in, in one sense. And I remember, uh, you know, thankfully, you know, he, he got through it. I mean, other than, you know, becoming real weak and losing taste and smell, you know, I, I don't think he, you know, it wasn't that bad of a struggle for him, although it was a struggle. I don't want to negate his struggle. Um, but he went through it, got through it and everything. But it was easy to look at it and say, 
you caused this on yourself. He, because, you know, because I, I kind of took the position of Job's friends where it was like, you know, they thought that Job did something in order to, to, to receive the type of, or, you know, to make sense of the type of suffering that Job was going through. And so just like with Job, with Job and his friends, I, I did the same thing to my own friend where I was just like, okay, because you didn't take the cautionary measures, this is the consequences of your actions. If you wore your mask, you wouldn't have got this, you know, and, and not to say because people who wear masks and still come down with it. And so that's not, that's not to say, you get what I'm saying? But I don't want what I'm, I'm telling that narrative to say, let's not take that position. Let's not assume that because somebody comes down with this virus, um, you know, contracts this virus that that is because of sin in their life, because they did something wrong, or this is God's punishment to them, or this is Mother Nature, or this is what, what some people karma. That's not the case at all. This is I would call um, just some would understand it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna just use a real kind of flat, uh, even um, word to to just kind of bring this to to the surface level. Some would call this a, a type of natural suffering, and, and what we mean by it, and so that 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 can mean a lot. So let me just let me just flatten the surface out a little bit with that, um, or offer some defining around it. What I mean by a natural is that it's it's out of our control, right? There's nothing you can or cannot do to prevent this, right? So it's it's more like one of those. Um, it's it's kind of like understanding a type of hurricane or tornado or tsunami, right? These are type of types of suffering that occur without man's kind controlling, right? Uh, not that we control anything. I don't believe that anyway in one sense, but that is very much out of our some type of suffering. So, you know, when, when the book, when, when, Tim, uh, when Tim talked about in the book, um, you know, the types of suffering that extends out of like betrayal and stuff like that, those are types of sufferings I, th I think we can control, right? We can prevent some of that if, you know, if it wasn't for the betrayal, it may not have, betrayal, it may not have led up to, to this. And so you may not, so, right? That's where I do think the guilt and shame from some type of suffering, some types of suffering kind of comes in. And we all been through there. Like when we face and recognize the sin in our own life, I think there is a understanding and we come to, we go through this kind of season of guilt and, and, and shame. And for the believer, we don't have to, we don't have to dwell in that because we understand that Christ took the payment for our guilt and shame, right? He took on the guilt and shame uh, that we should, we should, you know, uh, relish in but we don't have to feel that way because christ took on the payment for our sins and so you know we don't you know as the scripture says you know um there's no longer no condemnation for those who are in christ right and so those in christ i mean we shouldn't you know but you should you know you should um you should be angered at, apart from putting your faith on that you know after putting your faith in christ you should since your sin our sin should bring us to a place of, you know, grief and, and anger to where we, we, you know, we lament over this. It, it, it should do something wrong in our hearts if we find ourselves celebratory of it or, um, you know, dwelling in old memories, you know, rejoicing in old memories. I, I would say something's wrong. We need to check our hearts. Um, another conversation or another side of that conversation, excuse me. Um, but I wouldn't really focus on back to COVID-19 and type of suffering. And so just understanding in light of a natural suffering, 
we can't control this, right? And so because we cannot control it, means we don't know what this thing is going to do. It has no beginning and end, right? You know, um, we don't know how long this, what we call a seizing season is going to be. Um, this, you know, some, some medical pro- professionals uh, believe that this is here to stay. Some believe that, you know, we'll, we'll eventually get a vaccine and it's, you know, we'll be able to combat this thing and almost eradicate it. You know, so I've, we've heard different types of thoughts behind it. Right now, we do understand this is a season that we're in. We don't know how long this season will last. So when we understand suffering from that point, from a natural, there is nothing you innately did that caused this on you. Is this God's punishment to the world? It's, again, I don't want to take those hypersensitive approaches. I think you have to be careful and you have to be careful that people in this time will use uh, out of creating agendas We'll, we'll say stuff like that to you. This is God's wrath on man. This is God's wrath on our nation. This is, you know, if, if we, you know, and so when you see a particular state or city hit or a country hit you, you know, this is God punished. I'm, I, I don't want to take any of that. I don't, I don't want to say any of that. I don't, I, I think, I think that's just, uh, you know, ignorance, um, happening. So I think that's ignorance to, to say that. I think it's, uh, I think it's more, hurtful uh, than helpful. Um, if you will, I even go that far, I, I do think it's more hurtful and helpful than helpful to say stuff like that. But it's, it's often as when we go through, and so even some of the language Tim used in his book was, you know, so, you know, when we say things like suffering or trials or adversity, I want to say that all that, that language is kind of interchangeable. It's all to say or uh, describe uh, suffering in a, in a different way. Um, so, you know, and so if, if you hear me, you know, change wording uh, or phrasing, you know, um, jump from suffering or maybe to adversity or trials and like, uh, I mean all the same thing in one sense. Um, and so, but they do have carry a different meaning and, and different weight. I, I do want to recognize that as well. But I'm just saying for this conversation's sake, I do want you to understand the way in which I mean them is to say that I'm just using these words interchangeably. Um, but if we understand COVID-19 as a type of natural, I would argue, a natural suffering, then we can say, okay, our response here is as Tim kind of gave us a guideline, then he gave us a, a very good guideline, of, okay, how can we approach this, right? And so he gave some some very key um you know, key points in here that can, I think will be helpful for, for many of us, um, no matter where we are in life, right? You know, because I think one thing this this season finds us in is we've got a lot of time on our hands. Many are still living in cities and states that have not uh, really uh, lifted from the lockdowns or, um, and if they did, it's in, in very small portions. So, right, you, you find yourself in your home more, right? Kids are home now from school, like, you know, so we're you know, there's a lot of talk of homeschooling, college students are home, everybody's in the home. And so you're constantly, so it's like it, when you're in, in, in the home and stuff like that's a lot of time to think, right? You got a lot of time on your hands. And so I think he gave us some really helpful, um, you know, resources here to to consider and, and think through, you know. And so um, so first, as, as he, as he kind of outlined, recognize that this, this is a type of suffering, right? There's varieties of suffering. And then he, he goes on, I'm going to just jump around a little bit. He talks about understanding our emotional temperament in this matter, right? So some of us, based on our emotional temperament, it's going to respond to this differently. That's why you got some people who are just kind of like, 
very nonchalant, take a nonchalant approach about this. And like, oh, yeah, you know, if it, if it, I've heard people say this. So if I get it, it's meant for me to get, you know, if I don't, I don't, I'm just going to live life. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm just going to go out, not really worried about wearing a mask, the whole nine yards. Then you got the other people kind of, I would put myself in this ballpark. We're really like, we're over cautious, right? We're going to run a caution on side of, you know, uh, error. I mean, we're going to lean on side of, you know, caution on error and error. And so it's, it's where we, we take this kind of very over-the-top approach, right? It's like, not only, I don't want you six feet away from me, I want you 18 feet away from me, right? We tripled it. And then, you know, it's like, we got on two pair of gloves, we got on three masks, you know? It's like, you know, and so we we take different positions. And so, you know, we take, um, yeah, we take different positions and, and extreme precautions. And then I think you got those people just naturally in the middle. Um, we find ourselves kind of just trying to take a very nuanced balance in this approach. And, and for right reasons, you know, I get it. And so, um, you know, wherever you find yourself, I think it is understand your, your temperament and how you function. But be careful that because you respond a certain way to this, that you don't force that on all people right give people the benefit of the doubt to have their own temperament emotional temperament and the way they process this too so even i think it's right to even in the midst of okay they are encouraging us to and i say they being the the medical so right cdc medical uh field they're encouraging us to wear masks right this is the best one of the best practices they say we can do right now is to wear a mask and it helps um does it eradicate the problem I don't think anybody said that. I think it's it's a help, right? It's it helps towards slowing down, right? The the uh, the spreading of this, and so I don't think that's negating or dismissing one's emotional temperament to ask you to ask us ask of us to wear a mask. Um, I think they're right and good to to ask us um, that to, to wear a mask. Um, so that's not negating or dismissing your you're not considering my my emotional temperament. That's not what we're saying. But we should recognize those and understand that everybody's going to process differently. So in that sense, we have to be gracious and offer much patience with people as they go through this. Because there's going to be some people who are going to be kind of overprotective. Like, I'm not going in stores. I'm not going anywhere public. I'm not going in a restaurant. I'm not going to your church. I'm not going in a bank. I'm not doing anything. I'm, I want it all brought to me. You know, and, and so if that's the, the side you take. Yes and amen. You know, and if you're like, hey, I'm just going to try to live life with in a nuanced balance and try to kind of self, you know, police myself and protect myself and and, and be cautious. And then if you're like, hey, I'm just going to go live life wherever you find yourself in there. It's okay. I get it. We get it. And so I'm just saying recognize the temperaments of others and yourself and just be patient. Also, with that being in line is because this season can bring about much irritation and much frustration, offer much grace with people. This is a season in life. I think we have to be extra gracious with each other because it is easy because we're feeling the weight of this thing. We're tired of it. It's annoying. It makes you very irritable, especially if you live in a uh, household with many people that you're probably just at this point tired of being around. You know, I was talking to a friend and, and, you know, and I keep hearing the same narratives like, People who find themselves living with roommates and stuff like that or just households, you know, with families with kids and, you know, everybody's in the house all day. It's everybody's getting irritated over simple stuff. Right. You know, you're chewing your ice too loud or, you know, you're rubbing your feet together or or, you know, uh, 
you stink, your feet stink, whatever. It's just like little things that probably normally wouldn't bother us about people are now bothering us about people, right? We're noticing things that we just never noticed because we're in such close proximity with people. And that's why we have to offer much grace and understanding with each other because we are in each other's space all day now. It's just, you know, a lot of hours of just being in each other's space. And, and, and so we have to, and, and that's where our temperaments kind of arise and come out. And so I would uh, encourage, be, be grateful. I mean, be, excuse me, be uh, patient and, and uh, extend a little bit more grace. Um, you know, uh, yeah, so we talked about recognize the temperament between yourself and others during uh, seasons of uh, suffering. Um, okay, then I want to encourage to, Tim talks about in his book, this idea of being brutally honest with yourself. So, so if you need to weep during this season, weep. I'm talking, I want to lean in and talk to my fellow men here. Men, it is okay to cry. It does not mean you're weak. It does not mean you're pushed over. Your emotional being, you created with emotion. Some of us have a lack of tapping into our emotion, don't know how to effectively tap into them, but we are emotional beings. Uh, God created us with a level of emotion. Um, so you're not being too emotional in this season. Um, I had someone recently say that to me. It was like, you know, you're just being too emotional. I'm just like, and, and, and really, I wanted to push back and say, I think it is, is just your lack of tapping into emotion, right? You, you suppress yourself of your emotions so much that you just, you can come across cold-hearted. Don't get cold-hearted during this season, right? Let's not get cold-hearted on each other during this season. And let's not push, push you know, the, the, yeah, the agenda that, you know, an individual being too emotional during the season. Again, that's why I ask, offer much grace and patience with each other. Try to understand in those areas you don't understand. Try to understand the season in which we, which we currently live that, that causes emotions to be at a high level and rise high. And so um, it is okay to weep. It is okay to, if you find yourself just need to cry out, cry. Do what you need to do. Lament. Um, I find myself doing it more during this season. And, and it is, I, I find it to be very fruitful in one sense um, because you try to bottle this up and carry it in or you're going to eventually explode. And sometimes for us people who try to hold, we bottle up. We, we tend to hold stuff into where when we do explode, we explode on the wrong person, wrong time. And it's, it's nine times in ten, they have nothing to do with our, own, our situation going on, right? You know, so it's okay to weep. It's okay. Um, be honest with yourself. Where you are is where you are, and yet God is at work. It's okay not to be okay in this season. I'm going to say that one more time. It's okay not to be okay in this season. It's just not okay to stay there. But if you're finding yourself right now, you're like, man, I'm just not okay. Say that. That's honest, right? Be honest with yourself. Don't try to, somebody ask you, hey, I'm, I'm great. I'm doing well. I'm, I'm at, no, it's, we're tired of this thing. Right? If you're going there, you don't know how you're going to make ends meet. People are lost lost their jobs, don't know, you know, how they're going to, how they're going to pay the bills, don't know where their next meal's coming from. Be honest with yourself. That's, that's the first step to help because there are real people, there are real organizations, community out there, a lot of people out there trying to really help during this season, trying to make this a little bit easier as we all go through it. Because here's the thing, I said this in the beginning, we are all going through this. There's nobody that's not going through this. We're all going through it. If we don't, we haven't really, you know, maybe haven't suffered through the actual coronavirus itself, but we are affected by it. 
he, we all know loved ones and friends and coworkers and colleagues and all, you know, uh, classmates and going on and on we can go. We know somebody affected by this. And so it's affecting all of us. We're all in isolation to some degree because of this, right? Life looks different for every human being walking planet Earth right now because of this. And so be, be honest with yourself. Cry out to where you are. Don't uh, try to deny, deny yourself. Uh, don't, what is he saying in this book? He said, do not deny or try too much to control your feelings in the name of being faithful. That's a, I think that's a good point. So don't, don't try to control it. For us people who like to be in control, this is one of those moments. I'm mean, going to just say it. You're not in control. You don't control when this thing starts, stops. You don't control who does it affect. It could be you, right? You can eat right, help, safe distance, and guess what? Look up, and I know people who've done it. And they say, man, it's no way in the world I thought I'd be the one to come down with it. But let me just say it like this, and I heard one person say, COVID-19 is no respecter of man does not care your social income, your socioeconomic status, your educational status, where you work, where you don't work, who you are, how much money you got in your bank account. It cares nothing about that. Now, at the same time, it is affecting, you know, particularly our, our, our chocolate and brown people a little bit more because of, you know, um, a lot of different reasons. I and mean, that's another conversation. I don't, I'm not going to lean into that right now, but... And, and so recognize that, too. Um, fourth, there's trusting, right? So he talks about uh, despite the invitation to pour out your hearts to God, we are summoned to trust God's wisdom since he's sovereign, right? So it's this idea of understanding that because God is sovereign, God is control of all things, right? So let me say this. God is not the author and has not caused COVID-19 to outbreak on us as a people. Okay, let me say this. God is not saying, okay, this, this is not God's will or plan for us. But it is to say that through this, amid this season, amid this COVID-19 pandemic that we face, God is still sovereign. God is in control. So if you're feeling like, man, God has forgotten about you. God is not there. I, I want to push back and say, no, it's actually the opposite. It's true. And it's, we actually find God in, in these moments. Um, and so that's what Simon uh, Will said earlier, where you know, it, uh, before suffering can, can make you worse, it can actually make you better. It's all in how you go through it, right? So the idea is, is so this, we want to push back against this narrative of let me rescue you from the suffering. Let me rescue you, right? So let me, let me give you this, give you this supplement and this is going to heal you. This is going to do this, right? So it's, it's, I know we want to be rescued from it, but God is saying, hey, in this season, I'm still here. I'm still God. I'm still with you, right? I'm still walking with you. I'm still sovereign. I'm still in control. Right. So even amid COVID-19, God still has a purpose in your uh, life. God still has a plan for you. God is still with you. God is still madly in love with you. He has not forgotten about you. You know, you may have to find yourself if you're uh, if you're a part of a church, you may find yourself doing church by yourself right now. But God is there. Right. The church is not a place as it is a people. Right. So God is still there. God still sits on the throne. God is still in control. He's not forgotten you in this season. And so. Keep trusting God. It's hard to trust. It's hard to love. I understand. I'm there myself at times. But this is the times we have to cling to, to, to the scriptures, right? So this is where we have to really now put right theology into, into right practice or 
right orthodoxy into right orthopraxy, right? So it's no longer what we think about God. Now it comes to a place to what we know and believe about God. What do we, what do we know about God and, and, and how we respond and how we live it out in our day to day? I feel like preaching on that. Um, it says, uh, fifth, we must be praying. So prayer is vital. I think that ought not have to be said, but, but, but here is vital. Uh, prayer is vital during this season. That's probably one of the best things you can do during these times. Um, again, I like how Tim explained. It. He said, "Though though Joe, uh, you know, lamented and complained and and, and really, you know, kind of got on, you know, God. He he did it all in prayer, right? He did it in prayer to God. You know, all of Job's lamenting was uh, to God. You know, so Joe was." crying out to God. He wasn't crying out. He wasn't getting on a Zoom call and crying out to his friends. He wasn't FaceTiming his, 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 his mom, his wife, his girlfriend, her boyfriend. No, no, Joe was getting to God, right? You know, um, so, so uh, there's, there's this song within the uh, black church where, um, you know, it says, uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny, but it's, I heard somebody talking about that today. It says, uh, there's a song they used to sing in the church. It says, Jesus on the main line, why don't you call him up? If there's ever a main line of God right now, I think it's, it's pivotal in this moment in time. God's, God's line of communication is, 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 if it's ever been open to man's heart, I think it's right now. And, and, and so it has always been that way in, uh, in a very real sense, but if you ever needed God to hear you, cry out to him. He hears you, you know. Um, I, I can testify that out of my own life. Um, God hears you, and he's there. Cry out to him. It doesn't have to be this old Pacific. And so if you want to model anything, model how, how Job did it. Job, Job did not pretty his prayers up. Job did not come with this real kind of, you know, what I call spiritualized prayer. You know, Job was just poured out his heart where he was, right? He didn't, he didn't dress it up. He didn't, man, I got to say certain ways. I got to, no, he just prayed what, what was on his heart. And so you can do that very same thing. Um, we must be disciplined in our thinking, right? This is where control thinking matters, right? We, we must not just be careful what we're thinking in the season because we're getting a lot of information, especially with the information we're being given about this Corona uh, COVID-19 is, you know, we want to be disciplined in our thinking, right? So try, find trusted resources that you can trust, um, you know. And so, but but alongside that, we, we want to meditate on the truth and gain perspective that comes from remembering all God has done and that all God is doing, right? So this is one of those moments, the season of life, where you must reflect on what God has done in your life, right? You need to go back and just, this morning, we just gave thanks for just today being Monday and just that God will give us life today. And, uh, but, you know, it's just recounting to the thankful, uh, being thankful for what God has done and is going to continue to do in our lives. Um, and so uh, I, if, if you have nothing else, you know, today, thank God for, for what he did yesterday. Thank God for his constant keeping you through the night, um, keeping you that you're in good health and good spirits this morning and your right state of mind. You have a lot to be thankful for. This. So, so control your thinking. Choose to think uh positive in this moment. Choose to think upbeat. Remember, recount what the Lord has done in your life. Um, again, you're not in control, right? You don't control your life. Uh, there's a God in heaven who controls the very heart that you're thinking. So if you just take a moment and do this quick exercise with me, breathe right now, right? Inhale. And now exhale. The next breath on God. 
the next breath you breathe right now is on God. It's not on you, right? We just did a little simple exercise of breathing in and breathing out. But our next our next breath is on God. So just say that in closing. Love you guys. So.